the story of Jesus as uh, given to us in Scripture, in uh, the Gospel of uh, John. We're going to talk about Jesus as the servant king. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And the supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, and he took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him and said, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is clean needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, you are not all clean. And so when he washed their feet, taking his garments, sat down again. He said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. I just pause there because that's such a huge thought. The servant is not greater than his master. But we have been called to be like and to serve him. And he says, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless it to our hearts today. We thank you for every heart here that's ready to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Robin. Amen. What's that? Thank heaven. Well, I would. Where is he? Should I go out there and do that now? Amen. Well, that's good. And if I keep scalding my throat, I should be fine. And uh, well, we <clears throat> we look at the Passion Week, and you know that was a very busy week, and it's a week. It's a sacred time, and I, I think about the Lord's schedule for that week. And Sunday, we see that Jesus makes his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And uh, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, we remember that triumphant entry that Jesus made, as, <coughs> as Tammy had shared. And on Monday, 
We, uh, Jesus clears the temple. Uh, on Tuesday, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. Wednesday, it's a little more uncertain, but many believe that he spent the day in Bethany uh, at the home of uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And on Thursday, we know that they celebrated the Passover and the Last Supper uh, on what we celebrate as Monday Thursday. And on Friday, we had Jesus before the, the uh, tribunal in a trial, uh, crucifixion and death and burial. <clears throat> so that's a very full week, and it's a sacred week for us. And we, we think about the journey of Jesus, and especially in that week period of time as he went from coming into um, Jerusalem, being hailed, by those who celebrated him uh, to just five days later being crucified by many of the same. And I think about what Jesus communicated to those disciples who were with him in the, uh, and really the last evening that he would have with them in this kind of manner. And what he shared with them is uh, very insightful probably should help all of us here as we seek to serve the Lord to know what the priority of the kingdom is. You know, Jesus didn't hold a rally. He didn't have his closest followers. uh, He didn't encourage them to be more politically correct uh, or politically connected. He didn't enlist them to save him from what was to come. But he talked to them about what following him really was all about. You know, what was about to come was for their benefit as well as all of us who are here today that what Jesus suffered didn't make him a victim. Jesus is never a victim. But Jesus came as the sacrificial lamb by God's design and God's purpose. Jesus did not call them to arms He didn't call them to revolt against those responsible for this cruelty that was about to be unleashed. He talked to them about the priority of being a follower of Christ. And we can see what that was as we look in the scripture. You know, Jesus, as we look at it together, we understand that Jesus became a servant. He, he He became man. You know, there are those who believe that Jesus ceased being divine when he came to this earth, and uh, I don't believe that. I believe that Jesus didn't remove his divine nature, but he took upon himself the likeness of humankind. He added to his, his walk here in this life, he took upon himself flesh. Philippians 2 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow 
of those things in heaven and those things on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You know, when I read that scripture to you today, I'd like to shout it, but I can't right now. But I'd like to be a little more, this word is alive in my heart today. You know, so, but the anointing of God is greater than laryngitis. Amen? So if you ask God to anoint your ears and your heart, what God is saying will hit home and it will be powerful to you. In addition to being the son of God and being divine, he took upon himself the likeness of men and specifically that of a servant. You know, throughout the years, thank you, Kevin, and um, throughout the years, and Robin, I, um, when we would have people who would come on the board, I don't know if I've done it since I've been here, but for those who came on the board, <clears throat> serving the Lord is much more than a title. It's more than a position. You know, sometimes people see position as an opportunity to flex their muscle. And I'm going to tell you, that's a misappropriation of muscle. Because muscle is to be used to serve others. Right? And the thing that I would give them, and they came on, and some might find this offensive, but I think if you know me, you know I don't always, I do care, but I don't always care. And I gave each of them a new toilet brush. Brand new, never used. Because I wanted them to know that no matter what their calling was, it would never be greater than serving. And if the need be for us to clean the toilet, that's what you are called to do. Isn't that what, I mean, deacons were originally called to serve and to wait upon tables. And they were called upon to make it possible for the, uh, the pastors, the bishop, whatever you choose to call them, to, to, stay, to stay in the word and to nurture and to pray for people. And so there was that network in that community. So, you know, there is no leadership in the kingdom of God that is not prefaced with the word servant. None. Doesn't matter what our title is. It doesn't matter how long we've done it. What it does, what does matter is that Jesus as the son of God, he, uh, he took his outer garments off so he could get down and wash the feet of his disciples. And he told his disciples that you're not greater than I am. You need to do the same as I am. How many believe that if Jesus can wash dirty feet, you and I can do anything? There's nothing beneath the dignity of, of serving the Lord. There's nothing that's an offense. The only people who get offended by that are the people who have pride issues. Because there have been those times over the course of years when people have either verbally said it or demonstrated it when they would say, do you know who I am? And I'll be honest, when somebody says that to me, I'm not impressed. 
because we all are children of God and we serve the Lord together. And I don't care who you are. You're not better than anyone else. Serving others is not beneath your position. And you say, that's a little hostile. Yes, it is. A little bit to the flesh. Because the flesh likes to be pampered. The flesh flesh loves to be told how great it is. The flesh will never turn down the glory that belongs to the Lord. It will seek to take that glory. And so as we serve the Lord, you know, we realize that everything we do is done for his glory and his honor. So that means that what we do, we do with excellence. I mean, I believe that God should get the best that we have, not the leftovers. You know, the church, as we serve the Lord, he gets the first. The choice is part of our time and our heart and our energies and our efforts and our prayer commitments. You know, church, if we want to see God bless us and to bless us individually and as a church beyond where we are today, it's going to require that we get our hands dirty. You know, sometimes we talk about the need to pray, and certainly we need to pray. But, you know, it's great to have callous knees from prayers, but there should be calluses on our hands from serving others, dirt under our fingernails from helping others, right? Doing what we can in a practical way to advance the kingdom of God. Because people are looking today, they want to see what this looks like. How many know they want to see what this looks like? You know, we tell the world that unless you accept Jesus, you're going to hell. But you understand, we need to explain to them what this hope is. And not only do we need to explain it, we need to allow people to see it in action. Because people want to know, how does this change my life? What should I expect? You're telling me to give my life to something. So if I give my life to something, what does that look like? And the only way they see what it looks like is see it in our lives. They see servants who are willing to serve. Regardless if we agree with people's positions or their practices or their, you know, whether they're on this side or that side, that God has called us to be a servant to all. Amen? Boy, I, I can't talk, but you don't have laryngitis, do you? Okay. Amen. Well, I think, you know, God is challenging us today. Um, and the Bible tells us, and whoever desires, in Matthew twenty twenty seven, whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Boy, you know, that, that's probably a short line of people waiting for that position. You know, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Service adds value to any enterprise with regard to the kingdom of God. Service adds value to our profession and our witness because it always adds when we serve. You know, you can tell someone that God loves them and that Jesus died for them, but you know something? It's when we put that into a service mode and a presentation of serving others, then they get to see what that is. Amen. You're with me now. You don't get the you don't get the 
You don't get a pass today because I can't talk. You got to engage me here a little bit. Hear what God's saying. You know, when we think about washing people's feet, I can't really think of anything more disgusting. I mean, really, you say, well, that doesn't sound holy. But you know what? No, it doesn't. But I mean, I've done it. I'm gone with Bruce. I don't know. Did I wash your feet, Bruce? Or did you wash mine? We sat beside each other, but I don't know. Bruce has beautiful feet, by the way. (laughs) But, uh, you know, know, when I think about it, you know, and in Jesus' day, washing people's feet was the task of the household servant. You know, and if you didn't have a servant, they would leave a a basin of water and a towel for you to wash your feet when you would come in because, you know, they walked everywhere and some would walk 20 miles a day. And you realize that these people shared the roadway and the pathways with livestock and horses and oxen and camels and donkeys so you know what was there, right? And they walked in and around and sometimes through it. And so dust and dirt and mud and animal waste and many other contaminating combinations were on their feet. And so foot washing was an everyday necessity. And if you came to my house, it was, my, it was etiquette and it was hospitality and expected that I should make some provision for you to wash your feet. Whether I left water available in a towel or if I had a servant, that servant would wash your feet. You know, foot washing, I think we should do that here sometime. Right, Bruce? Amen. Is that an amen? I think, amen. I love Bruce. I do. I think Bruce, he just lays it out there. Um, Foot washing was an everyday necessity. Upon arrival at the house, guests were shown the courtesy of having their feet washed. You remember when the woman was at Jesus' feet and and the host there, I think his name was Simon, a Pharisee, he looked at Jesus and he held him in, he had contempt for him because he allowed the woman that was there to to touch his feet and to cleanse his feet and with her tears and as this man did Jesus said you I came to your home and you didn't show me the common courtesy that was due me but this woman hasn't stopped ministering at his feet the whole time and you know when we think about that today Jesus chose this message to leave with people. That is it. If you had one thing that you wanted to leave with your loved ones, what would it be? What would you tell them if they said you have, this is the last day you will be on earth. Tomorrow you will be gone. What is it that you would tell them? And I would hope that whatever that is would come out of your relationship with Christ. That it would be born of your experience in Christ. That, you know, what would you tell people if you had one evening to communicate the thing that was most important? And Jesus, on this night, he takes this opportunity to wash their feet. And he tells them to do the same. He tells them to be servants. You know, sometimes there, there are those who love titles more than they love people. Jesus talked about the rabbis, right, who like to be called rabbi. They liked to pray on the street corners because they could be seen. 
When they gave, they want everybody to know about it. Well, you know, then so they were very much they were very much caught up in themselves. And so what Jesus was about really insulted them and angered many of them who had agendas and ambitions that were greater than their love for people. One can see how this might have conflicted with someone of a greater ambition for self-advancement, not realizing that kingdom service is essential to the advancement of what God wants to do in our personal lives and in the church. I thank God for feet, so nobody think that I hate feet. I mean, I just think, you know, I, I, you know, I, I always don't want anyone washing my feet. You know why? I'm not telling you. I, I uh, you know, I'll tell you one thing. You know, I've had, I was in, I get injections sometimes in my feet. And, uh, you know, the one doctor, first time he saw it, he says, uh, was that toe broken? I, didn't really, I said, no, that toe is deformed. And I got it from my dad. We are. Well, I know he's my dad. I don't need a DNA test. He just takes his shoes off. That's all. The calling of God is higher than status or position or compensation. It's higher than all of that. Jesus said in Matthew 23, he says, Listen to what he says. No wonder they hated him. I mean, I can imagine the hatred that brewed within them. Matthew 23, it says, Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples. Now understand, he's speaking this at large. And, and I'm sure the scribes and Pharisees were always somewhere nearby. And says so the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen of men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places of feast and feasts the best seats in the synagogue, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and all of you are brethren. You know, this was not what Jesus, when he washed the feet, this was not a self-serving publicity stunt or a moment. You know, like the politicians that always hold the babies. You ever wonder about that? These guys really love babies that much. They should. And they hold the babies. And there's other things that people do as a photo opportunity to promote themselves. But this wasn't what Jesus did. He was speaking a truth that he hoped would transform their lives and their service. You know, today, as, uh, we're not far from ending. And this is why it was so surprising at the Last Supper that Jesus took his robe off and washed his disciples' feet. What Jesus calls us to do is to get down to business. To get down to business. There's people in this church that I know serve others and they never, you would never know it. 
you would never know it. They serve people. I hear about it. And it's not because others promote them, because they promote them. I just hear the gratitude of those who are being served for those who help people and do for people and serve. And I think, you know, Lord, that's really what you told us this is all about. It's not about what you do here. This is a launching pad. This is a place where God speaks his word into our hearts corporately, and we worship him corporately. But the advancement of the kingdom is going to take place out there. It's every direction. That's where this kingdom advances, not here. You can't grow the church from in here. You grow the church from out there. Oh, we just sit back and wait, and the Lord will bring them in. Mm Mm-mm. He said, we're to go. He said, we're to serve. You know, we have to be kingdom-minded in, in the life that we live. Jesus took this critical time, the last evening that he had, to spend with his disciples before his crucifixion. And sometimes we miss the opportunities and the timing of that, which is to be, be released into the lives of others because we're moving too fast. We're too broadly focused and not, we don't have a specific focus. Good to see you, Tracy. Why am I doing this? You know, and I asked myself, and this is just a, um, there's no, when we were in Higgins, we had five acres of grass. And uh, we had a gentleman that cut the grass. And he was, I loved him to death. He was a beautiful man. World War II veteran. He was, to me, he was, he was wonderful. But one day, he would call me preacher. That's all he ever, hey, preacher. He was a World War II veteran, and he came, hey, preacher. He says, if we don't get a new riding mower here, I quit. And like most churches, we didn't have the money right there. And I said, well, you know, I, I love and appreciate what you do. But right now, this is what we have. And he said, that's it, I quit, love you preacher, but I'm not cutting the grass anymore. And so the preacher started cutting the grass. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I didn't mind it. That five acres of t- uh, cutting grass was very, very therapeutic for me. I got the rest of my mind just got, and I loved it. And somebody, you know, if they were to say, why are you doing that? You know why? Because I need to do it. All of us need to be doing something. We need to be serving somewhere, serving somebody. Nobody's above it. We all jump in there together and get it done. Right? We're all partners in this. You know, there might be someone who's the brain of the bunch, and it isn't me, but there might be someone like that. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't utilize these. And you don't serve with your arms. And you don't go to the places where it's going to require involvement. I'm going to ask Tammy to come if she would. See, you can't even shut me up when I got laryngitis. It's yapping all the time. Mark 14, 25, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom. Jesus was putting it out there before he left. You know, Satan had already filled Judas with his plan. And Judas, as Satan's stooge, went out and did what he was led to do. 
It was time to leave the disciples with a very clear message about what this kingdom's all about. It's about serving others. You know, I don't serve the Lord because I have to win his favor. I, I serve because I have his favor. Come on, church. We're not serving to win his favor. We're serving because we know we are favored. We're not disadvantaged. We're not unable to help. I thank God that I get to serve him. How about you? You, you, I get to do this. You know, today, it says here in the scriptures that, you know, really it was on the night of Jesus' death that a, a dispute broke out among the disciples as to who was the greatest. I don't usually like to drink in front of people because <laughs> everybody watches and listens, you know. I'm not one of these ones that stands walking around with a bottle of water and, you know, you know I just don't. So give me a second, would you? I am so grateful today to have been given people in my life who impacted me more than I could ever say. And you know, most of them are people who were servants. People who just did out of the, the goodness of Christ within them. You know, what are you doing today? How are you serving? You know, serving needs to have be a, a practical, functional, intentional. It needs to be something that goes beyond our limitations because God will give you what you need. I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because uh, it's just an easy illustration for me. I'm not a person who sits down when we get a put together project. I hate them. I'd rather pay $200. I don't want to pay $200, but I'd rather pay than have to put something together. How many know what I'm talking? You get that book, it's that thick, it has 15 languages in it. Has 15 languages in it, and some of them are upside down, some of them aren't. And uh, so, what I would prefer to do is to, uh, I would prefer to watch it on YouTube and watch somebody do it. You know what I mean? Because then I can see it and it makes more sense to me. And even though I would, would have to watch it a hundred times, I could still see it. The world wants to see this. You can't preach people into the kingdom without living it, without walking it out. If they're not seeing it, then it means nothing to them. It means nothing. You say, you need Jesus. Well, tell me why I need Jesus. Show me what, the, what Jesus has done in your life. I just pray today, God, help us. I don't know, sometimes think pe people think revivals rolling around on the floor and jumping over pews. And, and if you're really good, swinging from chandeliers. 
But I want to tell you something that, that to me, I look at the scripture and the greatest evidence of revival is when people go out and they, they live this thing with purpose and passion and they're walking in the Holy Spirit anointing among others because you know, if all revival is, is what happens here, then uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. God fills us here to go there, to live this there. I'm going to ask you this morning, would you be offended if I came to you today and handed you a toilet brush and said, I think your hand is well suited for this? Just say, well, well. The fact of the matter is all of our hands are well suited for it. And when needed, they'll serve. How many will just raise your hand before the Lord today and say, God, I'm here. I want to serve. That's what I want to do. I want to serve. I want to serve. I'm going to serve in my church your church, Lord. I want to serve in your church. I don't want to just be a bystander, a spectator, a Sunday morning person that doesn't really have have any roots growing in within a fellowship. Love all of you, but you know, it's time for all of us to say, God, the world will never know you if they cannot see you. And they cannot see you if they do not see you in me. And they don't see you in the church. They don't see your goodness put into practice. Lord, the unchurched is our mission field. Lord, those who don't know Christ are our mission field. As I close this morning, I'm just going to say this. It's an example of how God has worked. Some of you have already heard this. Um, we're not Mary Kay people. We're not Mary Kay. I'm not against Mary Kay. I don't know much about her. Might be a very nice person. Uh, but Mary Kay, uh, there's a young lady in our neighborhood who, <clears throat> you know, we engage she and her husband and their newborn baby as often as we can. And uh, she asked Robin if she would like to buy um, what was it she wanted you to buy? Face moisturizer. I thought she was. Um, and she said it's it's a hundred dollars. I got to tell you, I didn't like Mary Kay very much when I heard that. I thought that's ridiculous. And Robin said, I can't afford that. We cannot do that. That's just not something that's a priority for us. And then she says, Well, I can give you a partial, the smaller. Uh, you know, whatever it is, for 75. Well, gee whiz, since you put it that way, no. She said, no, I'm not, not satisfied. I, I can't do that. She came to church. We had prayer last week. And as we were praying, she said, God really convicted her about this. Not that she should buy Mary Kay, but God said, you know, I, I'm putting this girl in your path here. And you got to see something more. You got to see something more. And so Robin decided that uh, she's going to host a Mary Kay party. 
at the house. Thank God. I had plans that night, right? Thank you. And uh, she's going to host. And uh, what time's it over? Not soon enough. But anyhow, anyhow, they're gonna. She's going to host this for for this girl. And uh, you know, and Robin said, you know, the Lord really put it on my heart that I'm supposed to do this for her and to reach out. And you know, there's going to be people there, and it's not going to be preaching at this girl, but it's just going to be letting her see Jesus around. And you know, this morning, God does strange things to us. He brings strange opportunities in front of us. And Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I might win some. God, we pray this morning that we will never, 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 never rise above bending our knees and washing the feet of others, of serving others. You said, Lord, our ambitions have to be broken to the point where we'll serve with passion because we realize that those who want to be significant must be willing to do the lesser things. Lord, we praise you, Jesus. You are our example. You are our God today. Hosanna today, Lord God. Hosanna. Lord God, that fickle human nature turned in a week and less than a week against the one they extolled. And Lord God, we just today pray that as we're in relationship with you, that that passion is unbroken. And Lord, our love and our commitment is more, Lord, than just telling you how much we love you, but inviting your love to transform us so that others can see you. Lord, I pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How many will receive that today? A fresh, fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He's going to open our eyes to opportunities that we've not seen. He's going to empower us to do things that we could not do in our human ability. He's going to take us well beyond our limitations to be his hand extended. Lord, we praise you. We receive the Holy Spirit today. Lord, the fullness. For those who've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I pray that there'll be such an earnest desire to be filled, to be baptized, to overflow, Lord God. To overflow. Lord, that we should receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon us and we shall be your disciples, your witnesses. And Lord, we'll take you to Jerusalem and Judea, to Samaria, to the uttermost parts beginning right here. In Jesus' name we praise you. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.